0: Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 1. You know, I've found that God is faithful. Uh, Over and over again in my life, I've seen answered prayer. I've seen God provide uh, when there's been a need. God is so faithful to us. And he supplies so many things for us in so many different ways. And um, there are a lot of reasons to trust in God. But there are several reasons here in this scripture tonight we're going to talk about that are really good reasons to trust in God. And, um, you know, the Bible says we can walk by faith or we can walk by sight. And if you walk by sight, you're always looking at the circumstances around you. I don't want to look at the circumstances around me because when I watch the news, it's depressing. I want to walk by faith rather than walking by sight. And so uh, this scripture will help us in doing that. Uh, We need to trust God in the circumstances of our lives. The title of my message is Reasons to Trust God. Look with me at verse 1 of 2 Kings 1. After the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. Ahaziah had fallen through the lattice window of his upper room in Samaria and was injured. So he sent messengers instructing them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, if I will recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Go and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will not get up from your sick bed. You will certainly die. Then Elijah left. The messengers returned to the king, who asked them, Why have you come back? They replied, A man came to meet us and said, Go to the king who sent you and declare to him, This is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you're sending these men to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, you will not get up from your sick bed. You will certainly die. The king asked them, what sort of man came up to meet you and spoke these words to you? They replied, a hairy man with a leather belt around his waist. He said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. So King Ahaziah sent a captain of 50 with his 50 men to Elijah. When the captain went up to him, he was sitting on top of a hill. He announced, man of God, the king declares, come down. Elijah responded to the captain of the 50, "If I'm a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men." The fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. So the king sent another captain of 50 with his 50 men to Elijah. He took in the situation and announced, "Men of God, this is what the king says. Come down immediately." Elijah responded, if I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men. So a divine fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty men. Then the king sent a third captain of fifty with his fifty men. The third captain of fifty went up and fell on his knees in front of Elijah and begged him, Man of God, please let my life and the lives of these fifty servants of yours be precious in your sight. Already fire has come down from heaven and consumed the first two captains of 50 with their 50s, but this time let my life be precious in your sight. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him, don't be afraid of him. So he got up and went down with him to the king. Then Elijah said to King Ahaziah, this is what the Lord says, because you have sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is it because there is no God in Israel for you to inquire of his will? You will not get up from your sick bed; You will certainly die. Ahaziah died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Since he had no son, Joram became king in this place. This happened in the second year of Judah's king, Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat. The rest of the events of Ahaziah's reign, along with his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Reasons to trust our God. Why should we trust him? Well, first of all, I want you to see that we should trust him because of his knowledge. His knowledge. Um, Isn't it interesting, the king, Ahaziah, has fallen and injured himself and has gone up on a sick bed. And he says to his servants, I want you to go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, about whether or not I'll get better. And so he sends his servant, and, and God sees all of this. He knows every bit of it perfectly, and he tells Elijah the Tishbite, the angel or messenger of the Lord, It uh, speaks to Elijah and says, Look, Ahaziah has sent messengers. Now I am sending you. You go and tell them, is it because there's no God in Israel that you're going to Beelzebub to ask whether or not you'll be better? You will certainly die. And he told them to take this message to the king. And they did so. And so the king sends his messengers. The the messenger of the Lord versus the messengers of the king. Hmm, I wonder who's going to win this battle. And uh, the king uh, uh, sends his messengers. And so Elijah ends up responding to them. But God saw everything that was taking place behind closed doors. He had perfect knowledge of the situation, can I tell you God has perfect knowledge of what's going on in your life and what's going on in my life. He knows what happened yesterday and what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, he knows the hearts of men, and he knows exactly what to do. And it's interesting that God has a plan, and based on His knowledge of the circumstances, He sent Elijah uh, as part of this plan. And the king thinks he's going to thwart the plan of God. I want you to know something. I don't care what law they pass in Washington about Christianity. God's kingdom will still go forward. God has perfect knowledge. He is in charge. He is sovereign of this world. I don't care what happens in your life or in my life tomorrow. God will know exactly what to do about it. Um, I, I remember a season of time in my ministry where I I didn't know what to do, and I, I just uh, was talking to God about it. I said, Lord, I'm kind of at the end of my, my resources and, and what I know to do. And uh, I felt like God was saying, you take one day at a time. You take one step at a time. Follow my leadership and trust me. And guess what? God brought me out to the other side of that situation, and Jesus was glorified. Um, God is able. He has perfect knowledge. Um, He knows where we ought to go to school. He knows what we ought to do uh, as a life's vocation. He knows what job we need to take. He knows where we need to live. He knows who we need to share Christ with. I mean, in every situation, he knows perfectly. And so what should we do about that? We need to take our situations to Christ. Lay our burdens. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Uh, let him know the circumstances of your life. Ask God to speak to you in his word, to guide you by his spirit in the circumstances of your life and benefit from his perfect knowledge. Also, spend time in God's word because the treasuries of God's knowledge are found in his word. And benefit from that. I, I love what uh, Solomon writes in Proverbs. There's two paths, the path of the wise man, the path of the foolish. The path of the wise man, he listens to instruction he listens to the things of God he follows on God's path and guess what his life is blessed as a result because he's listening to God in his life if we will follow that same path God will uh, bless us as well uh, with his knowledge and so uh, reasons to trust God first of all trust him because of his knowledge secondly I want you to see why should we trust him we should trust him because of his power Ahaziah sends 50 men with a leader of 50. And he says, Elijah, the king says, thus says the king, come down. Elijah says, if I'm a man of God, may fire come down and consume you and your 50 men. You see, there's a battle here. Ahaziah doesn't like what Elijah has said. He wants to bring Elijah into his court and pressure him to change his mind and, and uh, try to manipulate the circumstance. His men are cooperating with him in this and they're not respecting what God has said. They're not respecting uh, the prophet of God. Elijah says, let fire fall and consume you. Fire comes from heaven and consumes The 50 men. By the way, we are to love our enemies. Okay, But what is this? This is God's protection and God's determination that his will is going to be carried out. I, I want you to know, God is in control. God doesn't wring his hands at ISIS. God doesn't wring his hands because of the police shootings. God doesn't wring his hands because of who's in the White House or who's in the Congress or who's on the court for that matter. God's sovereign. He's in charge. And God allows Elijah and leads Elijah, I believe, to do this partly for judgment upon these wicked people who've come against him and set themselves against the will of God, but also to demonstrate that God's purpose is stand god has great power i love i love you know these subtle hints in the scripture here about what god is doing you know the the messenger of the king versus the messenger of the lord the word of the king come down the word of god fire come down (laughs) uh you know and now he sends a second messenger The second messenger says, act quickly. The king says, come down. Thus says the king, come down. And he adds that, come quickly. In other words, you know, kind of like my dad used to say to me when I was a kid growing up. When I tell you to to jump, you need to ask how high on the way up. You know, it's kind of joking, but that's kind of the situation. The king said, hey, hop to it. I'm the king. Notice the difference here in the scripture, verse 12, so my translation says a divine fire, literally it's the fire of God came down. Before it was fire came down from heaven, now it is the fire of God came down from heaven. I think that's significant. The king is ratcheting up the pressure. The officials of the king are ratcheting up the pressure. And they're saying, hey, buddy, you jump. When we say jump, you do what we tell you to do. We're the messengers of the king. God says, not so fast. The real king's in heaven. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says that angels will cast down fire to the earth. But here, God himself casts down fire. God says, I'm not just sending fire. I'm going to cast it down myself. I'm taking care of my servant. This is God's protection. This is, by the way, yet another reason you ought to trust God. Trust him because of his protection. In the midst of a hostile, wicked culture, with a hostile, wicked government, God is able to take care of his people trust him Um, I saw on uh, YouTube this past week uh, this woman has given testimony about uh, the fact that that morning in her quiet time she just felt led to ask God to help her be aware of her surroundings later on that day she had gone to run an errand at the grocery store for her workplace and had picked up some things. And as she was coming out, she just sensed God say to her, there's a man waiting for you out here. She turns around and she sees this man staring at her and she walks straight back into the grocery store. She goes to the manager and she says, this man is is out there. I think he means me harm. Would you please walk me to my car? And he does. And they see the man out there. I guess he didn't do anything about it. So she goes home and... Later on that day, she's watching the news and she hears in that very same parking lot there were two muggings later that day. God had protected her. I think there's going to be a lot of times that we didn't even realize that God protected us when he protected us. Uh, God is able to protect us as his people. I've shared with some of you... um, a while back, when when Megan had an accident, um, there was a place on the windshield where David's head apparently collided with the windshield, and they were asking him, Do you, "Are you okay? You know, are you, are you you okay? Do you feel anything in your head? You know?" And they said, "I don't feel any pain at all." And he shared with me later on. He said, "He said, Dad." when that accident began to take place, I just felt this amazing peace come over me. And he said, uh, I just felt like maybe God or maybe an angel was with me and protected me. And he had no no ill effects with it. He's probably a little hard-headed being his father's son. But, uh, But he had no injury. I believe God protected him. God is able to protect us. Uh, Trust God because He is our protector. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Trust Him for His protection. When you feel fearful, take these things to God in prayer. So, why should we trust God? First of all, trust Him because of His knowledge. Secondly, His power. And thirdly, His protection. And next, His Redeemer. We see His Redeemer. The third captain of 50 goes to see Elijah. He says, Man of God, please let my life and the lives of these 50 servants of yours be precious. In your sight. He tells him, he says, There's already been fire come down twice, Elijah. I know, I heard through the grapevine. I don't want to go there. Would you please be the king has sent us, we've got to come, but would you please be merciful to us? Let our lives be precious in your sight. And look at what it says here. The angel of the Lord or messenger of the Lord. You know who this is in the Old Testament? Jesus, the pre incarnate Jesus Christ, says to Elijah, Go down with him, don't be afraid of him. What is he doing? He's sparing these men. Let our lives be precious in your sight. And the angel of the Lord responds Did you know, were it not for Jesus' response and the Father's response to our sin? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Our lives were precious in his sight. Jesus responded to our need. When we come to God in humility and we come confessing our sin and we admit our need for a savior and we say, Lord, let our lives be precious in your sight. We plead the blood of Jesus. God says the sin is canceled. It's forgiven. It was carried out by my son He paid the penalty for it on the cross, and the debts canceled, taken care of forever. Our lives are precious in His sight. You know what God says? We are the apple of His eye. Isn't that an awesome thought? We are precious to God. Trust Him. God has sent a Redeemer, the mysterious messenger of the Lord in the Old Testament. Uh, often translated the angel of the Lord, is none other than Jesus Christ. And we, we know the full story. We, As Paul Harvey used to say, we know the rest of the story. We know what Jesus later came to do, to die on a cruel cross, to pay the penalty for sin. Uh, and, and isn't it wonderful that God is extending grace in the midst of this wicked society? These wicked people with a wicked government of whom these people are a part. And yet they come and they ask for mercy and Jesus gives it to them. Do you know there's never a time in scripture where Jesus has someone come and appeal for mercy that he doesn't grant it. The grace of our God. You ought to trust him because he sent his redeemer. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in a second. But Finally, I want you to see that we need to trust God because we see His Word, the power of His Word. The third time King Ahaziah is hearing this message, verse 16, this is what the Lord says, because you have sent messengers to inquire Beelzebub, the God of Ekron, is it because there's no God in Israel that you inquire uh, that you, for, for you to inquire of his will, you will not get up from your sick bed. You will certainly die. And the Bible says, and so Ahaziah died. Can I tell you something? God's word will stand. All you have to do is look back and see what God predicted in the Book of Daniel. He gives all these these four different kingdoms. Um, Babylon, Medo, Persia, Greece, and Rome. He he describes what they would do. He describes what their kingdoms would be like before they before they even except for Babylon, of course, which was in existence at the time of the captivity. But God describes it in advance. This is what's gonna happen. These are the kingdoms that are gonna rule. Not only that, God predicts his own son and the specific details of his death and resurrection in Isaiah 53. It's one of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. God predicts crucifixion um, in, in the Psalms before it's even invented. We serve a God who declares the end from the beginning. His word will stand. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My word shall not pass away. Long after we're dead and gone, if Jesus tarries, God's word will stand. Whatever attacks the enemy has against it, it cannot but fail ultimately because it is the word of God. Reasons to trust our God. Why trust him? Because of his knowledge, his power, his protection, his redeemer and his word. I want you to know The greatest knowledge that God has is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God saw all of our sins and sent Jesus anyway. Isn't that a wonderful thought? God's greatest power was to rescue men from sin through the power of the blood of his son. God's greatest protection came through the blood of Jesus that covers over our sin, that delivers us from hell. God's Redeemer would only be His Savior. We talked about that this morning. Only a divine Savior could accomplish such a great task. Jesus did it. And His greatest word is for God so loved the world that He gave His Son. Reasons to trust in God. If you don't know Him, trust Him as your Lord and Savior. Receive His salvation. Repent of your sin. And know that you have the eternal life that God has promised. As a child of God, trust Him because He has set you upon His heart and His power and His wisdom and everything about God is so great that He cannot fail. Trust Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the fact that You are faithful, that You're good, that You're powerful, that You know all things, that nothing can stand in Your way and lord you allow us with our own